The preamble to the United States Constitution, beginning with the words we the people, is a brief introductory statement of the Constitution's fundamental purposes and guiding principles. Courts have referred to it as reliable evidence of the Founding Fathers' intentions regarding the Constitution's meaning and what they hoped the Constitution would achieve. Text. We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Drafting. The preamble was placed in the Constitution during the last days of the Constitutional Convention by the Committee on Style, which wrote its final draft, with Governor Morris leading the effort. It was not proposed or discussed on the floor of the Convention beforehand. The initial wording of the preamble did not refer to the people of the United States, rather, it referred to people of the various states, which was the norm. In earlier documents, including the 1778 Treaty of Alliance with France, the Articles of Confederation, and the 1783 Treaty of Paris recognizing American independence, the word people was not used, and the phrase the United States was followed immediately by a listing of the states, from north to south. The change was made out of necessity, as the Constitution provided that, whenever the popularly elected ratifying conventions of nine states gave their approval, it would go into effect for those nine, irrespective of whether any of the remaining states ratified. Meaning and Application The preamble serves solely as an introduction and does not assign powers to the federal government, nor does it provide specific limitations on government action. Due to the preamble's limited nature, no court has ever used it as a decisive factor in case adjudication, except as regards frivolous litigation. Judicial relevance. The courts have shown interest in any clues they can find in the preamble regarding the Constitution's meaning. Courts have developed several techniques for interpreting the meaning of statutes and these are also used to interpret the Constitution. As a result, the courts have said that interpretive techniques that focus on the exact text of a document should be used in interpreting the meaning of the Constitution. Balanced against these techniques are those that focus more attention on broader efforts to discern the meaning of the document for more than just the wording. The preamble is also useful for these efforts to identify the spirit of the Constitution. Additionally, when interpreting a legal document, courts are usually interested in understanding the document as its authors did and their motivations for creating it. As a result, the courts have cited the preamble for evidence of the history, intent and meaning of the Constitution as it was understood by the founders. Although revolutionary in some ways, the Constitution maintained many common law concepts, such as habeas corpus, trial by jury, and sovereign immunity, and courts deem that the founders' perceptions of the legal system that the Constitution created, i.e., the interaction between what it changed and what it kept from the British legal system, are uniquely important because of the authority the people invested them with to create it. Along with evidence of the understandings of the men who debated and drafted the Constitution at the Constitutional Convention, the courts are also interested in the way that government officials have put into practice the Constitution's provisions, particularly early government officials, although the courts reserve for themselves the final authority to determine the Constitution's meaning. However, this focus on historical understandings of the Constitution is sometimes in tension with the changed circumstances of modern society from the late 18th century society that drafted the Constitution courts have ruled that the Constitution must be interpreted in light of these changed circumstances. All of these considerations of the political theory behind the Constitution have prompted the Supreme Court to articulate a variety of special rules of construction and principles for interpreting it. For example, the court's rendering of the purposes behind the Constitution have led it to express a preference for broad interpretations of individual freedoms. Examples. An example of the way courts utilize the preamble is Ellis v. City of Grand Rapids. Substantively, The case was about eminent domain. 
the city of Grand Rapids wanted to use eminent domain to force landowners to sell property in the city identified as blighted, and convey the property to owners that would develop it in ostensibly beneficial ways, in this case, to St. Mary's Hospital, a Catholic organization. This area of substantive constitutional law is governed by the Fifth Amendment, which is understood to require that property acquired via eminent domain must be put to a public use. In deciding whether the proposed project constituted a public use, the court pointed to the preamble's reference to promote the general welfare as evidence that he health of the people was in the minds of our forefathers. He concerted effort for renewal and expansion of hospital and medical care centers, as a part of our nation's system of hospitals, is as a public service and use within the highest meaning of such terms. Surely this is in accord with an objective of the United States Constitution, promote the general welfare. On the other hand, courts will not interpret the preamble to give the government powers that are not articulated elsewhere in the Constitution. United States v. Kinnebrew Motor Company is an example of this. In that case, the defendants were a car manufacturer and dealership indicted for a criminal violation of the National Industrial Recovery Act. The Congress passed the statute in order to cope with the Great Depression, and one of its provisions purported to give to the president authority to fix the prices at which new cars may be sold. The dealership, located in Oklahoma City, had sold an automobile to a customer, also from Oklahoma City, for less than the price for new cars fixed pursuant to the act. Substantively, the case was about whether the transaction in question constituted interstate commerce that Congress could regulate pursuant to the Commerce Clause. Although the government argued that the scope of the Commerce Clause included this transaction, it also argued that the preamble's statement that the Constitution was created to promote the general welfare should be understood to permit Congress to regulate transactions such as the one in this case, particularly in the face of an obvious national emergency like the Great Depression. The court, however, dismissed this argument as erroneous and insisted that the only relevant issue was whether the transaction that prompted the indictment actually constituted interstate commerce under the Supreme Court's precedents that interpreted the scope of the Commerce Clause. The text of this podcast is sourced from the Wikipedia Foundation under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The written text has been altered for voice presentation. To view the modified and original text versions visit thelegalpages.com. The content of this podcast is presented for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be legal or professional advice. The Wikipedia Foundation is not affiliated with this podcast.